I would say to young people that we can do everyone our share to redeem the world. Shalom everyone, welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Jew Ought to Know. I am your host, Jason Harris, the Birthright Israel Program Manager here at the San Francisco-based Jewish Community Federation. And this podcast is designed to bring you all the things Jewish that you really ought to know. History, philosophy, people, culture, the Bible, Israel, current events, and more. So it's that time of year when a whole bunch of Jewish holidays are packed together. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shmini Atzeret, Simchat Torah, all in the space of about three weeks. So this seems like a really good time to understand how the Jewish calendar works and why. Now, you may have noticed that the Jewish holidays move around a lot on our civil January to December calendar. Hanukkah bounces all over November and early December, Passover is in the spring sometime, sometimes Yom Kippur is in mid-October, sometimes it's in mid-September, dates are listed both in the English calendar and the Hebrew, also it's the year 5777, what is going on? Relax, it's not some obscure Jewish ritual that only those super Jews know about. Take a few minutes to learn, and I'm telling you, dropping trivia about the Jewish calendar is a great way to break the ice at your next Jewish singles mixer. Do we know each other from birthright? The first thing to know is that the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar cycle rather than the solar cycle, which is what the civil calendar uses. The Jewish calendar coordinates days, months, and years, which don't necessarily align together by reconciling the sun and lunar cycles. Okay, so there are a lot of Jewish things that I'm an expert on, which hopefully we will find out through this podcast. But I will tell you that Jewish math, or really, let's be honest, math of any kind is not one of them. So I actually had a whole script laid out here for explaining the math on this calendar business. But I think I'm just going to like sum up. And if you're interested, then, um, you know, Google. You probably already know that months and years are not exactly coordinated. In other words, a 365 day year is actually a little longer than adding up 12 months which is where we get leap years, leap seconds, and entire calendar changes at various points in history. Like the civil calendar, there are 12 Jewish months. The problem is that a 12-month lunar year is 11 days shorter than a solar one. But if we added a 13th month to compensate, it would be 19 days longer. Still with me? So the Jewish calendar tosses in an entire leap month every now and again, and presto, we are all nice and balanced. But this is why the Jewish holidays drift around the civil calendar, because the lunar calendar doesn't sync with the civil one. This extra month is known as Shana Me'uberet, and literally means a pregnant year. It's part of a 19-year cycle that was first developed by the ancient Babylonians, then later adopted by the Jews after we tried a whole bunch of other things that didn't really work. In short, by dropping in a pregnant year at various intervals over a 19-year cycle, we sync up with the solar calendar. Christians in the Middle Ages, who at that point had been using the Julian calendar for over a thousand years, they consider the Jewish calendar to be the essence of some long-forgotten ancient lore that only we Jews possessed. Except that we got it from the Babylonians and just never gave it up. So how in ancient times without the use of all the technology did we figure this stuff out so back in the day the jews used a system of observation reporting to keep track of the cycle so when i saw from my field wherever i was in the world that a new moon had appeared i fired off a dated letter to the jewish religious authority in jerusalem they were called the sanhedrin 
When the Sanhedrin received letters from two eyewitnesses reporting the same date, they declared that a new moon had risen and thus a new month had begun and then sent out messengers all across the land to let everyone know when the, man, when the month had begun. This also explains why some Jewish holidays are one day and others are two days. Since the ancient authorities couldn't be 100% exact with their timing, they would add an extra day to the holiday just to make sure they covered it. This, by the way, is my excuse whenever my boss asks why I took a three-day weekend. Nowadays, with our precise calendaring, some Jewish traditions have dropped that extra day. So some Jews only celebrate, for instance, one day of Rosh Hashanah, while others continue the two-day tradition from ancient times, even though technically it's not really needed anymore. And by the way, there are two other cultures that today use a lunar cycle, the Chinese and the Islamic calendars. The Chinese calendar works in a similar fashion to the Jewish one, which is why the Chinese New Year floats between January and February. The Muslim calendar doesn't add that leap month, it doesn't have that pregnant month, that the Jews and the Chinese do, which is why Ramadan is at a different time every year. Okay, so that covers the months. I'm going to give you like two seconds to let your brain catch up with all the amount of information that I just dumped on you. What about the years? In the year 160 of the Common Era, Rabbi Yossi ben Halafta calculated that Adam, the first human, was created in the year 3760 before the Common Era. Remember that Common Era, or CE, is the equivalent of AD, and before the Common Era, or BCE, is the equivalent of BC. It was eventually decided that year one of Judaism was 3761, so a year before Adam. Now, the rabbis acknowledge that the whole notion of God creating the earth in six days might be metaphorical, not literal, and therefore having a fixed date is a bit arbitrary. But in any case, to determine the Jewish year that you're in, just add 3,761 to the civil calendar, then adjust for Rosh Hashanah. So, I'm recording this in October of 2016, and beginning on Rosh Hashanah a few weeks ago, we are now in the year 5,777. Okay, let's talk about the Jewish New Year's. You probably know that the Jewish New Year starts in Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of the Hebrew month of Tishrei. This date commemorates the anniversary of the date of creation, which is why some people say that Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the world. But there are three other New Year's days throughout the calendar. That means that there are a total of four New Year's Eves every year. That means that if you're Jewish, or if you know someone who's Jewish, or if you would like to pretend you're Jewish, for four days every year, you can have a New Year's Eve party. I've been saying this over and over again to my birthright participants for years. Judaism is super fun. To life, to life, lechaim. Lechaim, lechaim, to life. Yes, that was a clip from Fiddler on the Roof. And no, it will not be the first and only time that I ever talk about Fiddler on the Roof. By far. Anyway, back to the Jewish calendar. So we've got these four Jewish New Year's. One is Rosh Hashanah. The second one is in the springtime around Passover, and it's the first day of the month of Nisan, and it's observed as the anniversary of the Jews' escape from slavery in Egypt. It's also considered to be the first month of the year, so it's like January. The third one is in the summer, and it's not really observed anymore, and it's the first day of the month of Elul, which is essentially the start of the ancient fiscal year. That was the date that the priests used to coordinate the people paying their annual animal dues to the temple. We'll get to that in a later podcast. 
And finally, the fourth new year is in the wintertime. It's Tu B'Shvat, the 15th day of the month of Shevat, which is considered to be the new year for trees, and thus has a lot of agricultural and environmental overtones. Now, variations of the calendar were used throughout ancient times, but the Jewish calendar that exists today was finally reconciled during the 4th century of the Common Era by Hillel II. Now, this Hillel II is not to be confused with the more famous Hillel, of which everything is named after, but this Hillel II was, during the 300s, the leader of the Sanhedrin, that Jewish religious authority. Months, years, finally, let's talk about the days. You probably know that Jewish holidays begin during the evening of the night before, like Shabbat, which is observed from Friday night to Saturday night. Why is that? The first chapter of the book of Genesis says that it was evening and it was morning one day. So evening, because it's mentioned first in the Bible, is actually considered the first part of the day. Darkness comes before the light. And how do you know where the day or the evening is beginning? So the answer is you kind of wing it. Now, tradition is that evening begins when you can observe three stars in the sky, but the generic sundown can also work. So if you were born in the evening, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you may have to actually rethink your birth date. Whew! Deep breath. That was a lot of information about the Jewish calendar. To sum up really quickly, Jews go by a lunar calendar that usually consists of 12 months, but sometimes adds in a pregnant 13th month. It has four New Year's days, it begins at sunset, and it's currently at the beginning of the year 5,777. Next episode, Hebrews, Israelites, Jews, the things that we call ourselves, and where they came from, and why. Thanks everyone for listening. Talk to you next time.